0: welcome to the Rusty George Podcast. Our goal on this podcast is to make life more simple. And right now we're facing very difficult things in our country, racial injustice, riots, protests, COVID, on top of all that, nothing seems easy, nothing seems simple, but we want to act justly, love mercy and walk humbly. And we do that by listening to one another. And so I wanted to listen to a police officer. Uh, who was there during the initial riots down in Santa Monica, and uh, Jason Rogers has been an officer for many years, served in the military before that, and is kind enough to join us on the podcast. So Jason, welcome. It's great to have you. Hey, thanks for having me, Rusty. really appreciate uh, you taking the time to to set this all up. Yeah, so tell us a little bit for uh, our people that don't know you. uh, How long have you been a police officer? So, I've been, uh, I've been a
1: police officer going on three years now. Okay. Um, so, not too long. Uh, still, still
0: kind of the new guy. But uh, yeah, three years. Now, before that, you served in the military. Is that right? That's correct. Yep. And what, what, what branch of service were you in?
1: Uh, I was in the Air Force. Some would say Chair Force, which is kind of like a, uh, a joke amongst uh, branches. <laughs> uh, we all kind of pick pick on each other like brothers and sisters. Uh-huh. But uh, I was in the Air Force, I served uh, 10 years active duty, I got out as a Staff Sergeant, and I was a Combat Arms Instructor. So I
0: had the uh, privilege um, of teaching people how to shoot guns. Okay. So you leave the Air Force and you join the LAPD. Um, What made you decide to become a police officer? Were you one of those kids that just grew up thinking, I always want to be in the military, I always want to be a cop? You know what? All the firefighters out there are going to laugh, but uh, I always wanted to grow up being a
1: firefighter. My dad was a firefighter, hearing all the cool stories of all the firefighting stuff. I wanted to be a firefighter which led me to the military. Um, I couldn't get in. I was young, probably lack of life experience. And so dad said, hey, go in the military. And so I went in the military, uh, was in way longer than I thought I ever would be, had a blast, um, got out and had to do a lot of searching. Um, I didn't want anything to really do with authority, You know, wearing a uniform, kind of wanted to you know, beat to my own drum. And, uh, you know, through that journey, um, I realized that I I needed that structure and that camaraderie that the police department brings. And, uh, also in the military, I learned about my service and kind of, uh, how I like leading a life of service. I like, uh, I like helping people and what a better way to do that than, uh, becoming a police officer. And then, uh, 2016, the Dallas shooting when the, um, it was five officers lost their lives. I was watching that live and I told my wife, Nicole, I said, hey, I've got to be a part of change. Uh, what's going on is not okay. And my theory behind that was uh, take my training and life experience from the military and and put that, you know, hopefully become an asset to the police department and uh, and help make change for, for police officers
0: and for uh, citizens as well. Hmm. Well, I think that's a side of uh, police officers that a lot of us don't see. Uh, and that is this heart to be um, you know a servant and it's not because it's not there it's just because we don't always assume that um, our, our visions of police officers are often TV shows that we've seen and those kind of things but but your desire to one be a servant but two that, that team camaraderie idea I so resonate with that because of my time in sports and and just now being a part of a team in ministry, that feeling of, man, I got to have some other guys around me, and you're living that out. I mean, for you, it was in military and now police officer. Do you find that many of your fellow officers kind of got into uh, being a police officer because of that, that sense of camaraderie and service? So, it's definitely the sense of camaraderie, and I think I would lean
1: on the camaraderie aspect um, more so if, uh, if, you know, they grew up in sports cause you've got that camaraderie there, uh, definitely military, but then there's also that aspect of just service. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, there's, there's something to say about, about the guys running into the, the burning buildings and, uh, the officers running towards fire whenever fire, I mean, you know, uh, rounds down range, right. um, you know, as everyone else is running away. And, uh, it's just, uh, it's just a sacrifice that, that we're all willing to make just because
0: that's, it's our calling. It's what we do. Okay, so having been a police officer now for three years in the Los Angeles area, I'm sure you've seen a lot of crazy things. Um, and I'm sure it's kind of hard to, you know, kind of process some of that at night and, and certainly on your days off. But tell us about, you know, just the, the nights after the murder of George Floyd and the riots in Los Angeles. You were there. Just walk us through that. What was that like? It was, um, you know, I, I get the goosebumps even even
1: thinking about it and talking about it. Here I was, you know, uh, two tours downrange to Iraq, surf, surf two combat tours, thought that I'd seen it all. And uh, that night was the, the Friday night. Um, it was uh, May 29th it was just absolutely insane. Um, we had worked a 12-hour shift. I worked a day shift. So we had worked a 12-hour shift. And then we got put on what's called TAC alert, meaning no one goes home. Um, basically stand by cause, uh, you know, something could happen and, uh, sure enough, you know, we're watching it on the news and, uh, and, and it happened. And so, uh, we headed downtown. I just, I can't, there's no movie out there that puts into perspective the, the sounds, the sights, the smells, um, of Friday night downtown. The, the sound was just absolutely insane. We're standing shoulder to shoulder and you're, you're, you're screaming at the top of your lungs to one another cause you can't hear, um, helicopters so low that it looks like they're going to hit the buildings. Um, you know, we're getting fireworks launched at us at one point. Um, they started shooting at us actual, uh, you know, gun. Uh, it took, I think somewhere around 14 rounds officers did. So it was just absolute, it was absolute chaos. And, uh, and at that point, um, it was scary. We were all scared. Uh, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't scared listening to the radio as we were driving downtown from the uh, from the valley. Um, talk about chills and goosebumps the whole way. And you just got to say a prayer and uh, and leave it to the man upstairs and, and hope that uh, that everything that everything comes out. OK, because at the end of the day, you know, we, we all want to go home. We're there to protect citizens, whether that be protesters, rioters, whoever it is. You know, it's our sworn duty to protect and serve regardless of, of how we feel. And uh, that's what we did. And so at the end of the day, we're
0: just all hoping to go home. So you're down there in the middle of all this. What are your instructions? Are they to stop it or are they there just to protect people?
1: Uh, It was, uh, you know, there was the instruction was essentially based on what task you had. So, uh, you know, there's folks out there trying to, uh, you know, there's police officers arresting rioters and looters. Um, there's police officers standing on skirmish lines, making sure that they don't, uh, the rioters and looters don't go to, uh, a- another area and riot and loot. Um, we were, uh, we were tasked with safeguarding some of the buildings and structures there, um, to prevent, uh, damage and vandalism. And so it really just depend on, depended on, uh, what, what mission you had,
0: um, as a squad. hmm So, I mean, obviously there are such things as peaceful permits. This was not that. You mentioned to me that, you know, there's there's rocks being thrown at you. Uh, there's um, bags of feces being thrown at you. Um, obviously, a uh, lots of, uh, of slurs headed your way. I've talked to other officers who were down there or even in other situations and they're being flipped off by children. You know, there's this sentiment that Uh, I want to protest and oh, by the way, I hate the police. Um, but you're there to kind of allow protests to happen in a peaceful way without, without hardworking business owners losing their, their livelihood. What's going on in your mind through all that? You know, Nicole and I have talked a lot about the, you know, the mindset of it,
1: um, you know, kind of peeling it back. It's kind of funny. I sit here and look at some of the notes that I've had to take over time, just because there was so much packed into uh, 12 or 13 days of working straight. It's kind of funny sitting here looking at it. And I was, uh, you know, May 29th was downtown. Uh, The 30th, we got mobilized. June 1st, I was down at Victory in Van Nuys. Um, June 2nd, I was at the mayor's house. And then uh, June 10th, we were um, demoped or demobilized. And so during that time, you really don't have time to think your adrenaline is just at a million miles an hour. Um, you're, you're there to protect the citizens. You're also there to protect your brothers and sisters online with you. Um, you know, it's just, uh, looking back on it now, I think as far as like a takeaway, I guess, uh, it's very, it's very sad and very difficult to have those conversations with the peaceful protesters that essentially we would love to have because we're having rocks and bottles thrown at us. Uh, there was intel intelligence out there that was uh, saying that they were going to throw acid on us. Um, we're, we're, we're having fireworks mm-hmm. thrown at us. We're getting shot at. Our vehicles are burning. And so through all that, your mind, it's very difficult to process that stuff because you're almost in a, a, a fight or flight mode. But now looking back at it, um, you know there were there there was an opportunity that I had on Sunset and Wilcox to talk to a female. She was a peaceful protester. Uh, she had some questions, and and you know how I am. I love to talk to people, <laughs> and so I I tried containing that conversation. Unfortunately, it was just the wrong place and the wrong time because we as officers are worried about the people five and six deep who are throwing the rocks and bottles, and so. The, the message, the peaceful protesting uh, was skewed and was kind of pushed aside uh, because of the rioting and the looting and us protecting, you know, the, the citizens that are out there protesting and also the businesses that are being looted. So,
0: Right. You know, Jason, uh, so much of our country is, is divided on this race issue, thinking that it's a black versus blue issue. Um, how would you respond to that?
1: You know, Rusty, uh, you know, being on the, being an officer, right. You, you would, you would, you would think, okay, he's gonna, he's gonna choose the blue. Right. But, but that would be, that would be wrong. And that would be biased. Um, I am right down the middle on all of it. You know, I, I wear the uniform. I love what I do. Um, at the end of the day, when my uniform comes off, I'm Jason and, and I'm, I'm a citizen just like everybody else blue as, as far as, you know, blue or officers, we're not against anybody. Um, the the purpose of blue or the purpose of law enforcement is to protect and serve, especially within LAPD. Um, I mean, that's our motto to protect and serve Uh, regardless of skin color, religion, social status, um, personal opinion against us. I mean, there's people screaming in my face words that I've never even heard of. I wanted to shake their hands and say, wow, I've never heard of that. Where'd you come up with that? Um, All in the same time, protecting them from these rioters and looters that are, that are throwing rocks and bottles at us. There was an example of that on Wilcox and Sunset. It got a little violent and there was a couple uh, looters and, and such that kind of fired up and we were able to stop it pretty quick. And during this protest, there was a, a male who was screaming all sorts of vulgar stuff at us. It was hot that day. He ended up passing out. And so our job goes from, OK, uh, you know, taking rocks and bottles to Holy cow, this guy needs help. We got to get him help. And so we call a RA or a rescue ambulance and get him the help that he needs. You, you just have to be able to wear all hats all the time, regardless of what anyone's opinion is of you. We are here to protect and serve. We are here to help. And I know sometimes that, that message may be skewed with media and you know, um, personal, uh, accounts of folks, whether that be negative or positive.
0: But at the end of the day, our job is to uh, protect and serve. And during the riots, our job was to keep the protesters safe. You know, you and I have talked about before what it's like to work in a profession where you get get lumped in to a group of people that sometimes there are those that make the news for all the wrong reasons. You know, I'm a, a pastor, and sometimes pastors or clergy don't always do the right thing, whether it's the... Uh, the priest scandal from years ago or the televangelist scandal from back in the 80s to the Ashley Madison scandal from a few years ago. And I I know the pain of being painted with the same brush, of being assumed that I'm that way when it was actually somebody else. You know, you're living with that right now. Not all police officers are like Derek Chauvin. So what's it like right now um, to be a... Uh, a white police officer? And what is it you're kind of living with right now? I mean, obviously, there are some officers that overstep their bounds. There are some officers that do racial profiling. And there are officers that are involved in police brutality. But for the most part, and there's a lot of good men and women that are just trying to serve and protect. What would you say to all that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as far as being a white officer, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, Rusty, I, being, being a white officer is no different than being a black, Hispanic, Asian, green, blue, or purple officer right now. Um, it's not about the black and white or, mm-hmm. or Hispanic or Asian or, or or what have you. It's about wearing the uniform and the hatred towards the uniform right now is just, it's it's crazy. It's mind boggling to me that people have so much hate. Mm. And, uh, you know, there's there's two ways that we can look at it. We can we can kind of just, you know, go into our shell and go into survival mode and, and just hope that uh, hope that the storm blows over or we can kind of take it upon ourselves to fight harder. And when I mean fight harder, fight harder as in building that trust back and, and building that that community trust that we had before all this before all this happened. And I've seen it firsthand. I worked South L.A. for a year. I did my probation down uh, down in South L.A., and uh you know now i'm up in the valley and i see it on a daily basis the waves the highs the thank yous uh you know the the walking uh the elderlies to their cars or 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 helping them inside with groceries it's all there and so it's just not being it's not being portrayed in the media right now we're the villain and uh you know my personal take on it is when times just get tough you just got to fight harder Mm -hmm. and uh Mm -hmm. you have to be very careful with safety measures and stuff because now, uh, driving that black and white down the street is, is a huge target. So we have to be on our P's and Q's and have good situational awareness. But, uh, my personal take on it is it's just, it's just going to make me, make me fight harder to, to, to gain that trust back. Um, and I know I'm not the only one who feels that way. The, the, a lot of the community is out there to support us. And those that aren't, um, you know, I, I kind of take it upon myself to, uh, to, to bridge that gap and, and fill that void again. But as far as being a white officer, um, you know, right now it, it's not even about being a white officer or anything like that. It's, it's about being an officer and wearing that uniform and having that badge on your chest.
0: What's this been like? Um, because I think we always, you know, we, we listen to what people on the front lines are saying. What's this been like for your wife? You know,
1: she is such a trooper. Um, I, I don't know how she does it, I get nervous when she goes out to the grocery store and runs errands. So I could not imagine what she goes through daily when I leave uh, to go to work. I know that the military, because we were military, uh, we were married when I was in the military. Uh, when we were essentially, I, I'd say she was too, because she was a part of it, even though she wasn't uh, you know, wearing the uniform. That definitely helped us out. Um, it uh, It gave us a lot of tools. And kind of techniques, speaking with each other, and, and so on and so forth that that help out. So, gosh, I don't know, I don't know how she does it, Rusty. She she homeschools the kids at home. She takes care of them. We've got the we've got the ranch here with all the animals that that uh, that she's got to help out and feed and all that. And then meanwhile, in the back of her mind, she's got to worry about me. So, <laughs> bless her heart. I have no idea how she does it, but I am so thankful for her because uh, without her, there's no way I, I I could get through this stuff on my own.
0: Let me ask you, Jason, a kind of a personal question, um, and then <clears throat> just to kind of uh, coach us a little bit. We all feel like the best way we can help this cause is to speak out on social media, and then a lot of hashtags start getting attached to things, and then a lot of lines get divided, whether it's Blue Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, or whatever. What's the best way we can truly encourage our police officers you know, just, uh,
1: gosh, I don't know. Uh, you know, I haven't really thought about it, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I don't, I don't personally, I didn't get into the career field to, uh, to, you know, get the highs and hellos and the thank yous. Um, it's great to have them. Uh, it's super awesome, you know, driving down the road and, uh, and getting the waves and stuff like that versus the middle fingers. That's, <laughs> that's definitely nice. <laughs> but, uh, mm-hmm. Gosh, I don't know, maybe, maybe just the opinions and, 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 and the quick to jump on the computer and, and, and throw that, that hateful message out there. Maybe just stop for a second and maybe even write it down. Um, think, I mean, and, and that goes on both sides of the fence. That's the, that's the, the, gosh, I don't even know what side of the fence to call it anymore, but pro or con police mm-hmm. or black lives matter or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm just stop and think for a minute before you throw that post out there and, uh, and really think about what you're doing and the impact that just one little blurb may have. And I think if we all just slow down and think about it, hopefully that may, that may change. Hopefully, you know, that's, uh, that's something small that we all can do and do research, research stuff. Don't just, you know, click on the clickbait on the internet. It's so easy to find information nowadays. Um, and, and believe the first thing that we read, um, you know, multiple news outlets, uh, talk to people firsthand. Um, gosh, I'm always available to talk. If anyone ever wants to know what it's like being in the trenches, I'm always there. So yeah, I guess start with that. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the day, what is it? It takes so much more to be angry than it does to be happy. It takes, uh, there's, there's something Mm -hmm. about using muscles with a frown or something like that. And it's less work to smile. That's so good. It's just about loving one another. And it it sounds kind of kumbaya, but at the, you know, at this point in time, just open the
0: door for the people, you know, say hello. Just simple stuff. Let's get back to basics, and we'll build from there. Yeah, I think there's a couple questions that uh, you know we keep talking about on this podcast, and the question I often ask people I interview, regardless of the color of their skin, is what's it like to be you? And for most of us, we just don't we don't always know what it's like to you know what's the old adage, walk a mile in their shoes. Yeah. But then there's another phrase of you know what does love require of me? And in these situations, it's to listen to everybody and their opinions, and it's to to learn, and it really is to love. And even with all the outbursts on social media, a lot of people are just trying to help. They're just not sure the best way to do it, Mm -hmm. or they're just uh, just angry. And as uh, we often say, hurt people hurt people. And what is that reason that they're hurt, and what is it we can possibly do? Jason, I think this is going to go a long ways to help us understand what it's like to be you, what it's like for our uh, men and women in blue and all of our first responders and what they're dealing with. And um, can I just close our time together by praying for you and for all of our uh, police officers right now? Absolutely. God, I just want to thank you for um, all of the people that willingly lay their lives down to protect the rest of us. We think about those who have been serving on the front line through COVID by working in hospitals and um, first responders and ambulances and paramedics. But God, we also think about those who rush into burning buildings and rush into uh, incoming fire in order to protect and save those who are in danger. And I thank you for my friend Jason and his wife, Nicole. I thank you for all of uh, our men and women that are serving in uh, the police force or firefighters and certainly those that are protecting us right now. And I I just pray that you would protect them. I pray for, um, obviously, for you to uh, bring humility amongst all of us and that you would cleanse us of all of our sin and wrongdoing against each other. And I just pray that you would bring about reconciliation in our country. And so, God, for people like Jason who are out there on 12-hour shifts for multiple days, we pray for their protection. And God, for people like his wife, Nicole, who sit at home and wait for the phone to ring and watch the clock, we pray for peace for them. And God, for people that are business owners and are just trying to protect what they've worked so hard to establish, we pray for your protection for them. And God, even for protesters that that just want to be heard, we pray that we would listen. So, God, would you just unite us during this time, and we thank you for who you are and that you are the God of reconciliation, and we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jason, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I know this isn't your normal thing to do, (laughs) uh, but we're so grateful for the way that you serve and grateful for your wife and her sacrifice of you. And and thank you for the way that you've served uh, in the military as well, uh, giving us the freedoms that we have. Well, absolutely.
1: I appreciate it. And, uh, it's been a wild ride and look forward to uh, many years to come with it.
0: <laughs> and I, I would even add this, Jason, because you're a part of our security team around here at Real Life Church. Uh, thanks for being my bodyguard. I know that's, uh, that's a really difficult job. I mean, that's, that may be your greatest difficulty you face on a daily basis, probably, don't you think?
1: You know what? I think the most difficult thing is... Keeping up with you. I don't think folks realize how fast you are when you walk. (laughs) So uh,
0: we may have to talk about slowing you down a little bit. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, brother, we're, we're praying for you, and be safe out there. Uh, thanks so much for listening to the podcast, and we're so grateful to have you uh, on the show. If you feel like this was an encouragement to you, share this with somebody else, especially another uh, uh, man or woman in blue, and let them know we're praying for them as well. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week with brand new content, and the podcast will shift to Wednesday, Wednesday. Uh, So be on the lookout for that. And the blog comes out on Monday, starting next week. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time.